Hey, everybody, this is Hal from We Got This with Mark and Hal. This is the second of our two Max Fun Drive episodes. We're going to tell you all about the drive. This is the most special time of year where we have special gifts and bonus content and stretch goals specific to our show for people who become members at Max Fun, set up a monthly recurring contribution and check the box for We Got This to make sure that we benefit directly from your contribution. We can't tell you how much it means to us. There are so many members of the podcast listening community, the people of the world, as we like to call them, who are nice enough to throw some of their support our way. We're doing all sorts of fun stuff. You still have until Friday, the 29th of March, to set up your recurring donation. So get it going, people. Go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. We'll tell you all about that later in the show. But please enjoy also this very special episode of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best West Wing character. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Well, here we are. <laughs> Finally, Hal. I'm Finally. So, I'm so excited because Justin has a new uh, recording setup with all these sound buttons. Oh, yeah. God. I don't know what that is. It comes with pre programmed intro and outro music, so I'm just going to. Re- are we recording? This is, is this oh, yeah. the show? Yeah, we're this already going. We're live. Should this we introduce like our, no, no, our no, no, two no, guests? No, no, don't, don't introduce yet, Mark, because I'm going to set you up. This board, Ooh. Roadcaster Pro, uh, comes pre programmed with uh, intro and outro song. <laughs> An intro and outro song that I'm assuming is free reign because. Hold on. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> it's We Got This with Mark and Hal. <laughs> Dishing out decisions every week. So happy to have you with us. The That's weather right. is bad, but the podcasting is good. We're going to get to traffic in just a little while. But first, we have two very special guests with us who want to talk about a television show. That's right. They're, they're podcasters of their own right. You might know them from the McElroy family. You heard of these people? The McElroys? McElroy uh, yeah, the McElroy family. Who hasn't heard of the McElroy family? They're great. We got two of them right here. We got uh, Justin McElroy to Dr. Sidney McElroy. Uh, how about you doing today? Uh, we're fine. We're good. Uh, we're Don't good. act like you are not responsible Our for that. booked us on this show. They said it was just a chill. Discussion. Now I can pot this all the way down, but don't get it twisted. It's still there. It just keep on going. How long of a track is that? There's no way that I know of to shut it off. It's designed. It's designed for podcasting, so that track goes as long as a podcast goes, which yeah. we all know can be like three hours. We're an hour four hours. of my Art Bell tribute podcast. <laughs> oh, just talking about aliens. Just talking about it. They're everywhere. I swear they took my wife. I will tell you my favorite Art Bell uh, thing that I was like, oh, man, I would love it if that were actually true was um, someone claimed that the government had figured out how to project gravity fields 
and, the, and and with variable sizes, meaning that you would no longer need gas for your car. You would just flip on the gravity field and you would fall to wherever you were going. <laughs> oh, excellent. Hey. Right? <laughs> it's not bad. And you can control how fast you're falling. Keep it under the fall limit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know how fast you're dropping there, sir? <laughs> Am I dropping down the straight line while you recite the alphabet backwards? Uh, <laughs> I can't even do that when I'm sober. Oh, you got me in your trick. You're going to Sky Jail. Uh, Justin and Sydney, we're, we're – Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming back. Our you, pleasure. No you wanted to talk about West Wing. Are, yeah, are you both we did. Huge? Talk, talk to me about how long you've been watching and how you got into it and how big fans you are. How did West we Wing. get into it? It was definitely after – we watched it when we were living at the Grace. So it would have been like 10 – Years ago, probably. I mean, it was after the show was. Oh, all completely over. off. Like, right. completely over. Didn't watch it live at all. No. Uh, we were in college having fun, and then we got old, and the West Wing was there waiting for us. Mm-hmm. I was the same way. I just binge watched the West Wing about uh, a year and a half ago. Still. And by binge watched the entire series of the West Wing, I mean seasons one through five. Thank you. Yes. Um, it is. I will say that Sydney has rewatched it more times than I have. I've watched I- it the one time through, and then rewatched uh some episodes multiple times i mm-hmm. it is it is now almost what was once aspirational and sort of like a fantasy to watch has now become almost too sad to watch i know <laughs> it's like oh look how how well this dysfunctional machine runs yeah, yeah. it is possible yeah, you remember that episode of the West Wing where uh all of the well where the entire administration got indicted? Right, remember? <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I've watched it three times through now. I watched no kidding. Wow. the entire series the first time we watched it together. And then after the birth of each of our children, just when I was on maternity leave and just like on the couch, essentially breastfeeding all day long, just turned on. Why West not Wing. just watch the West Wing over yeah. and over and over again? The entire th- and I, Well, I will say our oldest daughter, Charlie, has a great vocabulary. She's very verbal. She loves to talk while strolling in hallways. <laughs> That's when her vocab vocabulary is at its best. When you just hand her folders in the hallway. Mm-hmm. She's sort of latently sexist. But... <laughs> <laughs> she has a mushrooms habit, but it's fine. Yeah, she does some of her fine. best work that way. Oh, my God. <laughs> way too many Gilbert and Sullivan references for my taste. <laughs> Wait, I want to go back one. Who had a mushroom habit? Also, is there a thing? That was like a whole story of how he wrote. I don't know if he wrote like uh, like several episodes. Mushrooms don't seem like a habit drug. On on shrooms. That's like being addicted to roller coasters. Yeah, but you can't always go to roller coasters. You get addicted to the high, man. I get addicted to the fall. I had a manager at Babbage's who I once found standing against a wall with his eyes closed. and And I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm. Imagining I'm on King Cobra at King's Island. <laughs> <laughs> I quit soon after. Sure. Was he also on mushrooms at the time? He was on mushrooms all the time. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, my favorite part of Babbage's as a kid, uh, for those of you out there who are listening who are too young, Babbage's was an electronics and video game store. Mm-hmm. Like you go get or your Oregon Trail, your gold your gold rush, your King's Quest five. You get it all there. But you are a- really setting the era of when Babbage's was a thing. You go and you get your original Carmen San Diego yeah. for the Apple II GS. If you were if you were a crafty kid, you would sneak a look at the Leisure Suit Larry box. Oh, but I love Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> on, nice. on the wall, 
I, and I don't know if this is everyone, but the one in the Willow Grove Mall had a had a Charles Babbage portrait with yes. like a description. He you created the first ever computer pro like it was like a weird doll he had programmed to write, mm-hmm. and it was really creepy. And it to me ultimately that might have been what killed. Can you buy that? Babbage. Could you buy that doll in the store? To be no. like, let me get that creepy Babbage talking doll. You had Teddy Ruxpin. You didn't need a doll that where you could see the back of it exposed. My sister had a Teddy Ruxpin, and we used to put uh, NWA albums because you could swap out. You could put any cassette you wanted in there. Sure. <laughs> I don't know how you all frame these discussions that are, that are like this in this way, but I I had a suggestion. Okay, please. That we can maybe have, you know how you have a, um, a sort of a title bout and mm-hmm. then you have some undercard. Oh, that sounds fun. Bouts. Mm-hmm. We've never I done feel title like bouts maybe and before, before we would decide on sort of like a, I mean, there's like basically eight to 10 characters that would be on like top stringer contention that mm-hmm. like uh, the, what I was talking about with Sid is there are so many characters on the show that would be the best character on another TV show that are on four episodes of the West Wing. Right. That were they transplanted to another show, they would be the best character on it. And I feel like that they're not really going to hang with characters that get six to seven seasons of development, but still mm-hmm. are worth. They're featured uh, players. Featured players. Sure. I, sure. I love that idea. And I think there's a lot of them. I mean, and every it was like every every great actor wanted to be on that show. Yeah. So they got so many great performers on there. I mean, the president's secretary, uh, Lily Tomlin, mm-hmm. immediately oh. jumped into mind. She was excellent. Uh, she had a lot. Debbie Fitterer. Uh, Debbie Fitterer. Yeah, she had a lot. Uh, mine. Um. Uh. I have several that mm-hmm. I am. I am very crazy about. Um. I mean, like. If, I don't know if you all were thinking Lord John Malbury for like actual contention, but he is one of the. <laughs> he's one, so fun. He's so fun. Yes, he's, he's so, so fun. every time yeah. he shows up, he was always fun on that show. I love characters, and it's like the easy, probably the easiest character to write. I would guess is like drunken buffoons that are secretly the smartest person in any room they're in. Like mm-hmm. right. it's a, such an intoxicating fantasy that is not like in any way grounded in reality. Right. I think. Yeah. And also is probably just Sorkin going, Hey, who's going to be uh, on something and smart. I'm going to write right. a bunch of those guys. <laughs> right. Exactly. Where are my smart substance at? Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he was, it's because of that mushroom dependency. He had to write characters. See, it's not that bad. They're the smartest people in the room. Now, where's my mushroom? <laughs> you want some? Are you, One mushroom. This episode of We Got This brought to you by mushrooms. Are you trying to uh, get people to send you mushrooms? I I don't know. I don't. I I'm not against. I'm not against it. I won't use them, but maybe I could just have them somewhere. <laughs> Who are some of your uh, honorable mention? For are, are, do you want to make actual bouts out of these? Like have them duke it out, or uh, are we just do we just want to talk about characters we love uh, for a little while and then get into yeah to the the char- the great mm-hmm. second stringers? Could we give? I, I assume we're considering Danny Concanon as a second stringer. I think that's fair. Which one's Danny yeah. King? Oh, uh, oh, I loved him. He was Danny. so great. He's like one of – Timothy Busfield is one of these actors in general who's great in everything he does. Yeah. Yes. But is never so flat. Even in like something like Field of Dreams, just mm-hmm. as an actor, he's so good and he grounds this bizarre movie about baseball playing ghosts. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, Incredibly and watchable too. I mean like yes. anytime yeah. the guy's on screen, you just want to mm-hmm. see see what he's he's doing and making a lot of like really – 
especially in his relationship with CJ, making a lot of really interesting, vulnerable choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like that set, like not trying to be the coolest guy in the room, consciously like more vulnerable choices that I think are really cool. He's a really good voice for the press too, because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. so many moments where he, you want him to bend to the will of CJ and the administration and just be nice, be the nice guy. And right. he doesn't because it's not his job. And, and he I, says flat out, you know, that's, you know, I have to, if, if they, he finds something, he's like, look, you know, I have to run with this. Yeah. Uh, he's great with that. I think he is a perfect, a perfect match for CJ Craig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I, I think that, yeah, he's, he's excellent. Yeah. He would be my main, uh, he's the guy I think of that's sort of an unsung, hero of that cast and he's mm-hmm. he's in it a lot more than you think he is mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah he's in it uh he's in it a fair amount mm-hmm. and i always get excited when he would come in yeah yeah how do you all feel about bruno Ginelli? <laughs> is that um that is the political operative yeah that that's uh, on for the campaign ron silver mm-hmm. ron silver yes who bruno, okay this is interesting bruno had Ginelli had a he was a democrat operative mm-hmm. that uh helped get bartlett elected and very amoral i would say like yeah then you know he just cared about winning mm-hmm. and then later seasons he started working for the republican party which is interesting because ron silver did the same thing for george w bush yeah uh campaigned for him even though he was a liberal to be fair it was for alan alda that which well, I mean, who wouldn't drop yeah, everything, sure, party included? To sure, improv Alan legend Alan Alda. Yeah, I yes. get it. <laughs> um, I there's something about here's what bothers me about that character, and it has nothing to do with that character, and it may not even have anything to do with Ron Silver. But every time I hear his voice on that show, I want to either use nasal spray or blow my nose. It's like a cigarette could talk. It's amazing. <laughs> like his, his voice, his voice is just made of little phonations and glottal stops <laughs> just over and, and it's like, Ron, blow your nose, get some nasal spray, get, don't come into work sick. He sounds like he has a cold in every episode of that show. He, he's in, he's the villain in Time Cop. And in that movie, I feel like every, every scene he's in, he's eating peanuts while he's performing. And outside of that, he always sounds like he's eating peanuts, yeah. even when he's not eating peanuts. Somehow he has that voice that yeah. always sounds like it has peanuts. That's, when it's, he's eating the peanuts, it's like, like anti, it's like, it's like, oh God, yeah. I can't listen to him talk. He could come on screen and have Aaron Sorkin's greatest monologue. And my only thought will the whole time will just be. <laughs> um, I can't do it. I can't, li- I can't listen to him. Uh, but he's a fun character. I will ask you now. We are. I will ask you all to choose the the only bout that I will ask you to choose you all to select for this round mm-hmm. is uh, Lionel Tribby, John mm-hmm. Larroquette versus oh. Oliver Babish, Oliver Platt. It's oh, such yeah. a great it's... matchup. They're both basically the same function, right? Yeah, right. Basically, and very yes. similar characters. They're the both the attorney, uh, mm-hmm. the counsel for the, the White Bartlett's. House counsel. Yeah, yeah, fourth right. and fifth. Yeah, and you don't see one through three. That's true. Um, and so they must have really turned through them because we pick up like a year into the <laughs> right the <laughs> presidency. Um, I uh, I I will say Oliver Babish has one of my favorite West Wing lines is at uh he asked Abby Bartlett as after Abby Bartlett is hurt in a biking accident mm-hmm. asked Abby Bartlett what happened to her ankle and she said uh it was on all the pa- it was in all the papers i'm sure you read about it and uh Oliver Babish says i only read Le Monde 
was it in Le Mans? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, I don't know. I don't read Le Mans. He said, huh. Pity. <laughs> so it was only a god. Oh, it's so it's so gloriously arrogant. Yeah, yeah. But then Lionel Tribby in his first scene on the show, he comes charging in mm-hmm. with a cricket bat. I mean, guy knows how to make an entrance. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge Larroquette fan, so yeah, he's so yes. good. So yeah. uh, I will, I will add that caveat. Mm-hmm. But it's but that brings up a larger point, and as we go through this and get to some of the more heavyweight bouts, it's mm-hmm. I think it's almost impossible, especially with the West Wing, for for how long it's like, like now it's just part of the public consciousness mm-hmm. for so long. You can't separate. It's hard to separate the character from the actor in any meaningful way. Yeah, a lot of times yeah. in this. So you love both. Like I love right. both of those actors so much. Well, maybe that'll become a criteria that when we get to those is. Um, you know, that, that'll be one of the, one of the factors that we factor in is, you know, the marriage of that actor and that performance. Cause I can't look at Alice and Janney and not think of the jackal. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to give credit to y'all's researcher. Um, I, I want to read out two listings here. Uh, Ed and the description is White House staffer usually seen with Larry. And then Larry, White House staffer, <laughs> usually seen with head. I they love Ed and Larry. They weren't going to win. They had to know they weren't going to hang. Those, they still put them uh, in there. That's dutiful. I'll right tell there. you this. I love that. I'll tell you this. What I love about those guys, it's those guys. I guarantee you are just a couple of journeyman actor day players who lived in yeah. L.A. Who got like, hey, you want to do a line on the West Wing? And they were like, yeah, sure. And then they're sure. like, oh, we like these guys. Why don't we just keep bringing them back? And you only ever learn their first names. They are always, there's always something going on with them off to the side. They're like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern for this show. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And I think they're really fun. (laughs) Um, Can I throw out a character that I absolutely love? And considering my political leanings, probably shouldn't. But I think Emily Proctor as Ainsley Hayes Mm. is, Mm -hmm. she came on, when she came on to the series, her first episode is one of the best introductions of a character I have ever seen. From beginning by crushing Sam in a debate on Capital Beat and then ending the episode with this epic monologue uh telling her Republican friends to not be so hard on this administration because now I'm their lawyer. That one episode to me. And then she just gets crapped on for two seasons <laughs> yeah. when they put her in the basement. And like, it's yeah. like she just sort of became that character that it was fun to be like, Oh, what else can they do to this poor I, character? I, but I, I loved her entrance. It's really cool. What I liked about Ainsley Hayes that I thought was really interesting is that, that it brings a, you know, how in a, in, uh, there's probably a name for this, but you know how in a, in it, usually like fantasy or sci-fi, there's going to be a character that doesn't know anything about what's going on. So you can explain the world. To that one mm-hmm. character. Sure. I feel like Ainsley Hayes provided a nice like refresh of that. Like to be able to see the White House through fresh eyes, even though you're yeah. fairly well into the series at that point. She's um, the Winston Zedmore of the series. There you go. What I don't like about Ainsley Hayes is it gave Aaron Sorkin way too many opportunities to write scenes that are basically like, yeah, well, she can be pretty too. Well, yeah. yeah. Sorry, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Just because she's pretty doesn't mean she's smart. Like, yeah. uh, or doesn't mean she's not smart, rather. Right, there's right. like a lot of, uh, hay made of Ainsley's appearance. And there's def, that I, I have to say that as much as, and, and it, sh- to be fair, she did fit into kind of that, it, like in my own head, that liberal fantasy that at heart, 
all the Republicans, if they just spent enough time with these wonderful people, would <laughs> want to be part of this. Right. <laughs> it's the, the world she the is so much. You know what it is? Maybe for me, it's that I have a very conservative family and I go, mm-hmm. oh, I wish I could have these discussions with my family. Right, right, right. Where it, where, you know, we get our point across in our debate in two very well quippy fashioned sentences each and then go on about our day. As opposed to slugging it out over Thanksgiving dinner. Well, and it, and it yeah. also it speaks to that ideal of she's won over by the by the people and seeing the machine in action. So mm-hmm. it's not as much that that her politics convert as it is like I believe that you're working in good faith. So I want mm-hmm. to I want to support the machine of democracy, even if I don't agree with with your ultimate ends. Right. Which that's, is that's true. You know, you want it to be. Uh, you want that to be true. This whole show yeah. is such a great fantasy of like, oh, God, if only. But I, I will say to Justin's point, it, it there are moments. And I, I mean, I'm just going to lay this out there. I think you could. This critique of Sorkin is in no way new or mm-hmm. um, original. But sometimes when he writes women, mm-hmm. I don't know that I completely understand them as like a woman that I identify with. Not that all women are like myself. Right. Uh, but I think, I think there are moments where she's like, I like when the guys tell me how hot I am at work that I'm like, do you? Like, <laughs> you? That's okay. Well, <laughs> did Aaron tell you to say that? I know. Like, <laughs> sure, sure. But <laughs> yeah. that's not generally what I would, what I would say at work, but okay. <laughs> that doesn't feel like a win. No. No. <laughs> um, a very well, I'll throw another one into the mix. Uh, another, I think, well crafted, uh, female character. And, um, Doc, you can, uh, you can answer this more extensively, I'm sure. Um, is Joey Lucas, Marley Matlin. Yes. Um, I think that's another, that's another just one of the unsung characters. I can't speak as a woman for the way Sorkin writes women. Um, but um I really always love Joey Lucas on the show, the pollster. Um, yes, I, I agree because I think I think that uh there's a, a she knows she's very certain about her abilities and her skills and she has fun. She jokes around. She's she's like part of the gang at times. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's not that kind of like bending to the will of the. The rest of the, it's like she does, her, she holds her own. Right. She does and does, her yeah. Own well, thing. cause she's not really part of the administration. She does her thing. She comes in, mm-hmm. comes in, gets her job done. Mm-hmm. Says, look, I'm a, I'm a Hessian in this. I'm a hired gun. Um, <laughs> I've always wondered if the parallelism was intentional between, with, uh, uh, one of the show's only deaf characters, their job being to listen to hmm. people. I was wondering if that was, hmm. uh, intentional or, or unintentional. I don't want to give anybody. More credit than they deserve, of course, ever. <laughs> Fair enough. Are you all putting Will Bailey, Josh Molina into real contention or would he fit into this sort of undercard? Well, round? I mean, look, in fairness, he is a an old friend of ours. Yeah. Of course. Um, so, but also he'll slap the script out of your hand backstage. So <laughs> he is also, yeah, he is famously, uh, the West Wings greatest prankster. Um, and any show he works <laughs> and on thrilling adventure hour and thrilling adventure hours continued uh, greatest prankster. But he, well, he's also has the advantage of, of being someone who worked 
with Aaron Sorkin for years. Sure, with you know, uh, a few good men before good that. Men, uh, Sports Farnsworth. Night. Did he do Farnsworth Invention? I, do, I don't. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to text yeah. him. Uh, but he he understands the rhythm. You know, all these mm-hmm. actors do to a certain extent. There's there's it takes something uh, specific to. I don't know if it's pull off Sorkin dialogue or just be able to to rattle it off in, in what feels like a natural way. And I'm actually that. more yeah, impressed by his ability to elevate the material of seasons five through seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, he, he brings a humanity to a section of the show where, um, it's wild. These, it is, it is a really fat to rewatch. And, and I know that have you never watched Mark or have you, did you just like kind of bail? I kind of, I just kind of slowly bailed. Like I, I, you know, I yeah. still could watch some of five to seven here and there. Um, I, I have it not, picks, I've not sat down and watched them in their entirety. I think it picks back up in, in seven. I think, I think maybe because that's what it was was six. I started six and I was like, Oh, I can so tell a vast difference. Five is brutal. I mean, like five is is the first season without Sorkin, mm-hmm. and you it is it's really interesting because obviously he didn't write all of it, but to not have him sort of steering the ship there, it is wild the extent to which you feel just like oh these characters are that's not what they would do right. I mean they would because you've been that, with them for five seasons right, but now you know he what they would do he had a writing staff, but didn't Sorkin pretty much write every episode for the seasons he was there. I think he was at least in the room, and I think yeah, that that's right. probably the 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 main thing. But Josh Molina is great. I think he's he's a wonderful actor. Yeah, I would put him in the in the like regular character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, his, myself. at least in yeah. season five when he first comes in, um, you've got a bunch of snark fest going on mm-hmm. for five. A wonderful like scenery chewing, glorious snark fest going on for five seasons, and then here comes the world's most earnest character. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> and that is a wonderful, refreshing thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's consistent with his character. That doesn't, yeah. I feel like it doesn't go away. He is mm-hmm. earnestly just trying mm-hmm. to do the right thing, even when he's like backing the guy you don't want to run for president. He's just trying to do the right thing. I am, I am certain there are people readying, uh, furious tweets because we did not talk about their favorite secondary, even tertiary. Right. Characters. Fitz Wallace, the, uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He is a fantastic sort of grounding presence. And again, I think maybe that fantasy of like, I bet military leaders are all like this. Just like fun, jovial. Right. <laughs> yeah. They can hang. They can hang. They, have they can all hang. Shoulders, just like chill cats. We all want to, to, to think. Is this the moment where you want me to make my 30 second pitch for Mandy? Is sure. This- <laughs> talk about Mandy. Who yeah. is Mandy? Let's do it. Which one's Mandy? Exactly. I can't, you know, I, I sat there trying to come up with like, how can I come into this and pretend to be completely earnest and try to pretend like Mandy is my favorite character? Which one was, was Mandy? In, she was in season one. Is this Moira Kelly? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Right, then, right. Yeah. And, and then, then they found vanished. the better version with Mary Louise Parker. Uh huh. And then she vanished never yeah. to be heard from again. With yeah. no mention. The only thing I will say is she enters her first scene. She is 
uh, she's driving recklessly, which of course oh. I do not approve. Oh, yeah. uh, but she she is listening to Biff Naked, of, mm-hmm. which, uh, of which I do approve. So and that's that. another great entrance of a character. Like all these characters get epic. Hers being driving up on the curb and verbally assaulting a member of Congress. <laughs> is it? Uh, yes, yes. It's on so. The phone, it's, and then the police officer. Yeah, it's so over, good. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to give one. I, 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 now I just, now that I'm looking at this list, I have so many shout outs to characters, uh, that I just want to talk about because I think they're great. Um, I mentioned, uh, Lily Tomlin as Debbie Fitterer because uh, of her, you know, great sass mouth, uh, and, uh, going toe to toe with, uh, I just love that ending of her first of her episode where she's going to lose her job, where she's not going to get the job. And, right. and mm-hmm. it's no, it's because I remember this a lot. It's it's because you called him president. So and so you showed respect for the office. And now I'm like, oh, I don't want to say president, <laughs> <laughs> but I keep thinking of that scene and I keep thinking of uh, of Debbie Fitterer. And I'm like, I respect the office. Uh, but I, but aside from her, I, uh, Mrs. Lanningham. Oh, I mean, what a, what a wonderful, a wonderful a character, brilliant presence, beautiful yeah. presence on the show, a great character. Um, hey, listen, y'all, as long as we're having fun here on a podcast, let's give a huge shout out to Ted McGinley. Yes. Can't believe he's on West Wing, <laughs> but he is the host of Capital Beat. The host <laughs> of Capital so Beat. So, so not gonna learn his character's name, but Ted McGinley is on West Wing. Yeah. Turns out. Oh my God. There's so many people on here that I forgot. There's so many characters looking at this. I'm like, Oh yeah, this might I mean, have to be another wild, one where Mark, we like, yeah, posted. just people who we've not even mentioned, like just actors, right? Sam Robards, uh, yeah. Steven Root, yeah. Danica McKellar. Richardson, like the bench on this you, show. Is- you didn't even mention Chandler. Yeah. Chandler's yeah. on here. Chandler's on, on there. Uh, Janine Garofalo's on there for a while. Like, it's what? Clark Gregg's up in the mix. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's Joel right. McCraney and David Graff, both How freaking Holbrook. Yeah. That time that Mark, Mark Twain showed up and talked to Jeb Bartlett. Oh, Lord. I told oh, a story, uh, Justin, <laughs> when I, when I first was like, I know I'm going to be an actor, I became obsessed with the idea of seeing Hal Holbrook as Mark Twain. Like, I thought, like, <laughs> this is acting. He's, he's in, like, I love Mark Twain. And he's, he's gonna, like, Mark Twain's gonna come alive. And then I saw it. My dad took me to see it. I was so excited. And I, like, 15 minutes in, I was like, do we have to stay for this whole thing? Can we leave? Because I realized what I really wanted to see was Mark Twain, Mark Twain come back to life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's dead. He's gone. I, yeah. That was when I You didn't want to see Dixie dead. Carter's husband pretend to be Colonel Sanders? <laughs> it's just like him, like, thoughtfully smoking a cigar for two hours. Yeah. Uh, there's a new one. Citizen, Kilmer, right? Citizen Twain, which, uh, what? Citizen Twain, the movie just came out, Cinema Twain. He did a filmed version of his, uh, of his play and he's taking it on tour. I was so bummed. Uh, it was playing at the theater across from where I'm doing a show right now. And, uh, I missed the night that Val Kilmer was there doing it. Oh, so bummed. Sorry, buddy. Um, can I mention one more person just because this actor has made a career out of doing one thing really well? Uh, shout out to Glenn Morshower, um, who played Mike Chrysler, or sometimes they called him Jack, um, <laughs> who was a Secret Service agent. If you don't know who Glenn Morshower is, he kind of has this voice and he talks like this and he's tall and kind of a balding ginger. Um, Hal's looking up a picture of him right now. He has played 
either a secret service agent or top military brass or an FBI agent or something to, I think, every fictional president of the last 20 years. Oh, yeah, this guy. He looks like a sitcom dad, too. He looks like a sitcom dad, but he has he has worked for every fictional president outside the West Wing <laughs> and within. <laughs> it's insane. Shout out to Glenn Morshower. Thank you for um, your service. Thank you for your <laughs> thank you for your service. Uh, I, why don't we do that? Are, are there any other side characters we need to mention? Because if not, before then, we get to this page one, because I was going to say, we no, can, I think we can go to page one. I'm yeah. good for page one All now. Right, so let's take uh, yes. a brief break here. We'll uh, figure Jeff, out what our criteria. Justin, will you bring are. up a music bed for for me while I throw it to break. Sure, thanks. Go ahead. Hey guys, hey, we're going to take a break. Hey, what's what's the deal with breaks? We're going to take a break, and then we'll be back. You ever you ever take a break? Which Hanna-Barbera character was that? That's the Snagglepuss when he uh, was sick. We'll be right right back. back. (laughs) (laughs) It's Max Fun Drive Time. You know where it's Max Fun Drive Time. Yes. Huzzah. Huzzah and hurrah and huzoinks to all of you. Hal Hazoinks isn't a thing. It is now. Great. We, we made it one. Yay. That's what Max Fun Drive is about. Me making up words. Just kidding. This is a very special time of year. It's the time that all of the hosts and everybody involved in Max Fun are so excited about and the members of the Max Fun community as well. If you are not aware, Maximum Fun is 100% listener supported as a network and the shows are listener supported as well. This is the time of year. This two week period uh, is the time when we ask you to pledge your support. It only happens once a year. So if you're hearing this and you are within the allotted time for Max Fun Drive, congratulations. You made it. We put out some of our best shows of the year are really cool guests. Uh, for us, it's topics that we think are really interesting, and we really try to bring it even more than usual. And we offer a bunch of thank you gifts that we're going to talk about later on in this show. Uh, but there are all sorts of reasons to contribute. It's really a celebration of all things Max Fun, and we got this. And this is the time of year to sign on as a member. I mean, you can do it anytime, but if you want all the gifts and fun stuff that comes along with it, Max Fun Drive is the time and the place to be. So become a member now, or if you're already a member, upgrade your membership. And those people who are already members, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you to those of you who are already members. And if you're hearing this and you're thinking, well, being a member of the Max Fun family sounds so fun. Mm-hmm. How do I become a member of the Max Fun family? Here's what you do. It is not difficult at all. No. You just go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Yes. MaximumFun.org slash donate. And it's all right there for you. It's super easy. You just select the membership level that's right for you, whether it's $5 a month, $10 a month, 20 30 35 w- whatever you want to spend. And then you provide your credit card information, some basic info. You've been to a website before. You know yeah. how this works. You know the web. And most importantly... You check off the boxes of the Maximum Fun shows that you listen to. In this case, that show would be We Got This with Mark and Hal. Yes. That way, the money that you support as a member of Maximum Fun will go directly to our show and to uh, help us out in producing and creating something that the people of the world enjoy. That's right. And that is the only way to make sure we directly benefit from your contribution is you have to check off our show as one of the ones that you listen to. When you back a show you love. And I've seen this in the people who've become members in drives in the past. This is our, I think, fourth 
Max Fun Drive. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to think we've, that we get to do this for a fourth year. But those people, they feel an ownership and a pride that comes from knowing every time they hear a show and it makes them smile, it makes them laugh, that they were able to give back to us. And we just appreciate it so much. And we love the community of We Got This, the people of the world are, are everything in, in a world of fierce and contentious debate. We've created a space where it's safe for people to disagree because the one thing that we all agree on is that we are human beings who should respect one another. So we just argue about the dumb stuff. Yeah, well, uh, I wouldn't call it the dumb stuff, Hal. I mean, Star Wars versus Star Trek is a very, very important topic. That's true. Is that the, that's the example each of us comes up with every time? Well, because it's one of my favorite episodes. It is a pretty great episode. I mean, it's no 2019 Max Fun Pledge Drive episode. No, of course not, but it is an outstanding episode. That is true. I still remember us recording that. And then a couple years later, we recorded there and I had the flu and didn't find out about it till later. (laughs) And then everyone else had the flu and didn't find out about it until roughly two days after. I didn't get anybody sick, Mark. No, Did you, get sick you from that? didn't. I, I got no. sick from something, but I think it was clams. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, look, thank you to our members, and I really hope that you will consider joining, if you haven't, the Max Fun family yes. and becoming a member of Max Fun. You'll feel awesome every time you listen to your shows, knowing that you have had a part in making those shows happen. So, do it. Do it right now. Don't wait. Do it while you're thinking about it. Jump on online maximumfund.org slash donate and make your contributions now it's super easy you can just hit pause it'll only take a few seconds yes and then come back and enjoy the rest of the episode yes and we have a goal by the way very quickly we're trying mm-hmm. to reach twenty five thousand new and upgrading members this drive that 25, is across the network. it's a lot of people but i think we can do it i know how powerful the max fund community is i know how powerful the people of the world are and i'm excited for us to contribute in a big way to the number of people who are new and upgrading members so get on it you're thinking about it now you want to do it don't even delay we will wait here for you and after you do we'll continue the show ready go oh we're back uh not on page one abby bartlett no also you thought of it you thought of another one that we didn't mention i just wanted to squeeze one more in there is she a main character is she? Yeah. You think yeah. you put her with the main character? Oh, great yeah. Stalker bias. I mean, she's I great. She's, she's Stalker Channing. She's awesome. I, she, and she, here's the main thing that I was, my criteria for this. And the, the reason I was, I, I think that all the characters we did are great. I don't think any of them grow necessarily. Right. Maybe with some rare examples. I don't think any of them necessarily like grow. Uh, Will certainly, I don't know. And, you know, he's kind of straddling the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will certainly does grow, but, uh, I don't, I, th- I think by and large, the other ones don't necessarily grow and evolve and change over the course of the show. Yeah. Yeah. You, That's, you think uh, Abby Bartlett does. I think she does. And yeah. that was my point. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Sidney. I, I think Abby, Abby Bartlett does for sure, um, grow. Uh, over the course of the I season. like that as an interesting, like, we'll talk about the flat characters in the first half and the round characters in the second half. Right. All right. Yeah. Abby Barlow. I mean, Abby Barlow is a, a fantastic, uh, character who is. I don't know if that's a good place to start or not. Sure. We'll uh, start with the, we'll start weird. with uh, the Bartlets. We'll start with Abby. There you go. Um, we didn't really talk about Zoe, did we? No. I don't know. I guess Does she Zoe change? Would- does Zoe change? I I feel like that she has the potential too early on, and then she kind of vanishes after a while. Well, that's not her fault. Dating the yeah. well, okay. <laughs> yeah, this show does tend to disappear people. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Poor Zoe Bartlett. Yeah, at a certain point, I mean, you introduce all these characters, I and mean, we have what I think is 40 pages. No, yeah. it's like, thir- it's literally 13 pages of research. Are we putting Mary Louise Kelly into this? That is, that is on here. Top uh, mix or no? Does she not make I the. I think she would have a hard time hanging. She's, yeah, she's not going to hang, but she, boy, is she fun. She's really yeah. fun. Re- really fun energy and counterpoint to, um, I think it is fun having a character that outflanks the main cast on the left mm-hmm. uh, to to a lot of things that that I think that that is a really cool useful voice on the show to voice that stuff. And it's good. It's a it is a good. Um, I'm assuming that that is how things work. Really, yeah. <laughs> so I think it was useful for understanding that. Sid, how close do you think Abby Bartlett mirrors like? In the in the respects where she's a physician on the show, or or like how how closely does she uh, capture that experience? Do you think? Uh, I mean, I've never, you know, given you secret medications and like <laughs> <laughs> and like fraudulent. Do you secretly have MS? Misled the public and um, lost my license. But aside from that, <laughs> I. I will say one of the things I always liked is that when she starts practicing again after she loses her license and then she just starts volunteering at a free clinic, which she knows she should not be doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so bad politically. It's not it is not the right move. And she does it anyway. And I always really liked that because I felt like I connect to that because I can be pretty arrogant. sometimes, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of doctors are. And I, I liked that that character was consistent. Like, you know what? That is what she would do. She'd say, forget this. I'm not going to sit around sitting on my hands, not doing any good. I have these skills. I have this knowledge. I'm going to go help people. And if, you know, the people don't like it, if they don't like it politically, if, you know, if all the whatever, if the if the administration, if the staff doesn't like it, they can bite me. I'm going to go do it. I think that's true. <laughs> I well, yeah. always love that discussion that Abby has uh, about uh, John Wilkes Booth. I don't remember yes. that. About, oh, can you, you you talk about it all the time? Uh, they're talking about providing. What was the what was the reason for it? They're talking about providing care to somebody who you consider like an enemy or someone who's done something bad, a criminal of some sort. Mm-hmm. What do you do? And they were talking about John Wilkes Booth as a as an example that the doctor who set his leg that he broke running away uh, was he was brought up on charges of treason. Mm-hmm. He was a traitor to his country. And she said, but that's the right thing to do as a doctor. You set the leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Set like, the leg. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Oh, I always love that. Um, yeah. Abby Bartlett, uh, a great, um, you know, in this, I, you know, in this, in this version of a presidency, um, a great behind closed doors moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when most of what we're seeing is in an office, um, yeah. to have those moments of, yeah, here's who the Bartlets are. Here's these, you know, two insanely smart, insanely accomplished people sparring with one another. I think it, her presence also is so important for Bartlett's character mm-hmm. as a counterpoint to. So he his, doesn't seem godlike. Yes, you exactly. Know? Right. O- when, otherwise, he's unbelievable. She's another one that disappears for long periods of time. Um, and I, I have. When she is not there, you can feel her absence. I think, yeah, uh, pretty notably. Yeah, absolutely. Also, it's Stalker Channing. So, sure, yeah, yeah she's yeah. great. I mean, yeah, who who else? I, like to find the person to play against Martin Sheen. Yeah, get Rizzo. You get Rizzo. <laughs> That's what they said. I bet. Yeah, yeah. Who's going to play against Martin Sheen? Get Rizzo. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Martin Sheen. Let's talk about President Josiah Jed Bartlett. 
Nice. Bartlett for America. Um, what other show do you have where the lead? Can you all think of another show where the lead character does not enter until five minutes before the end of the pilot? What a move that is. What a powerful move that is. Yeah. Where five minutes before the episode's over, the pro- president comes in quoting scripture. Oh my <laughs> God. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. And they, and the entire episode is spent, I mean, to a certain degree. It's not about him directly, but he is, uh, he looms large the whole time. So you have it builds this expectation of what you're going to get. And then he comes in and doesn't meet the expectation. He blows it out of the water. Yeah. Now, is that problematic in any way that the character of Jed Bartlett, uh, as you mentioned, Sid, like the godlike element of it? I mean, he's quoting scripture. He's speaking Latin. He's, uh, you know, everything it like. Does anybody really have the brain that Jed Bartlett has? <laughs> is he too Nobel laureate in economics? Yeah, is he too yeah. perfect? I know that sounds weird, but it's not- I, I think I think you could make that case. I do. I would say that they do a good job. I think as as the show progresses, of undercutting that a little bit with some of his insecurities. I think as mm-hmm. they get into the issues he had with his dad in the flashbacks, right? You, you start to get this sense that he's, there are times where he just wants people to like him. And so he doesn't do the right thing necessarily. Not that he's a bad guy, but that he's torn between everybody just like me. Cause I want my dad to like me so much mm-hmm. and be the good guy that I need to be, even if people get mad at me. And I think you start to see that as time goes on. But in the beginning, I think it is problematic. Yeah. Like <laughs> nobody's like this. He has, a, I had to look it up because I want to get the name exactly right. Uh, he there's a scene where he calls the Butterball hotline because he wants to figure <laughs> yeah. out the right way to cook a turkey, and he's and he's embarrassed, so he identifies himself as Joe Betherson. <laughs> <laughs> Fargo, North Dakota. <laughs> I mean, they really made a meal out of uh, the president surprising normal people that the president is talking to them on that show. Yeah, yeah. But and it's almost better. Uh, I would rather see him presented as as infallible and then mm-hmm. break him down and and see what's behind it because that's mm-hmm. sort of what what any elected leader or public figure of any kind. They start on the, they start on the pedestal. Yeah. I mean, now, now we're in an age where you you get a little bit more of a 360 view from Mm -hmm. other people. You know, nobody comes out as like, here are all my flaws and blah, 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 blah. Right. This is from a time where the public figure showed up. You saw a perfect life. You saw like the Camelot of JFK Mm -hmm. and then, you know, allowing us to sort of back into the person that he is and have that revealed over time is a really interesting like growth. Yeah, it's especially cool because in later seasons, and I guess this would be about season six, when he is, uh, there's trouble in the space program and the president doesn't want to let the public know. Um, the details of this are foggy because he's late. At are season. you talking about the military spacecraft that? Yes. Toby divulges the details of and then gets. Yeah. Like. Because his brother is sent to prison. His brother is on it. His brother was. His brother was an astronaut. His brother killed himself. Yeah, and and there is and what's interesting about it is that, unlike pretty much the entire rest of the show, you can get to the end of an episode and not know that the president was right. 
and in fact, like, might be wrong mm. on it. Like, might just be sort of the antagonist of that particular beat. Yeah. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I think that's really uh, talking about like growing him from a place of like where he's basically Aslan. Yeah. In the (laughs) office. Well, and Toby is a good, I think as it moves on, Toby is a good person to do that, to pull that out because Mm -hmm. Toby is such a, I mean, he, as, as sarcastic. Toby's the communications director for the White House. Yes. As played by Richard Schiff. As much of a bummer as he can be. Yeah. He's a true believer. He he knows right Absolutely. and he knows wrong and he wants Bartlett to do the right thing always. And there are times where he is he's the the morality that Bartlett can't reach for mm-hmm. because it's it's impossible politically and, and the, the will of the people won't allow it. It's really interesting to see him try to pull him all the way to goodness, at least Toby Ziegler's version of goodness. And Bartlett can't get there. If, if he's the angel on Bartlett's shoulder, do you think Leo McGarry is the devil? Or the one trying to play. McGarry's the pragmatist. More, yeah, he's more. Yeah, I, it's I weird to fair. say devil and sure. angel, but more mm-hmm. like you should do the right thing all the time. And Leo's like, no, you have to run for re-election and their optics. And right. let's realistically yes. look at what happens. Yeah, in so much I as think, anybody can a be good... a devil on on this show. Um, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incidentally, Richard Schiff may be my favorite performance of the entire show. He is mm. absolutely brilliant on that show. So great. There's a thing that he does in one episode. Where Sam is lingering too long at his door of his office and um, because he has something that he has. To t- it may even be in the pilot when he's going to tell him about the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and it's the simplest move. Uh, Toby just goes back to working at his desk and then pauses. And then the only thing that moves is his eyes looking back up at Sam. And it's just <laughs> it is the most beautiful moment of. Is there more? <laughs> like it's, it's so exquisitely executed. It's yeah. one of my favorite moments of the whole series. Um, but yeah, I in mean, a way, he may be the Sid alluded to this, but he may be the like the uh, I don't know the moral center of the show. He doesn't. I would agree with that. On that, he, like yes, he, he's he, unflinching. For yeah. someone who is presented as curmudgeonly. Yeah. You know, he may be the one who is like most unwilling to bend, which is actually kind of a fascinating role for a communications director. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause it, it's almost like he's, un- he just is unwilling to not tell people the, the, the truth almost. Right. Like, which is like, why he's so bad when he has to do the press briefing. Yeah. And the fact that he, I mean, that, that curmudgeonliness of him, it is interesting to think about this, somebody who is so idealistic just getting beaten down in Washington. Like I would imagine Mm -hmm. that a guy that has gotten to that position um, probably has been beaten down a lot if he's an ideological person and it has made him dark and uh, seemingly cynical. Yeah. I want to ask you this. If you guys uh, would indulge me a bit, because this is an epic, uh, an epic series, as we talk about these folks, uh, we, we were talking about Jeb Bartlett and, and flaws and, um, Toby Ziegler and his, uh, you know, and all, all, I think everyone in this has, uh, a Shakespearean fatal flaw. Um, I'd be curious to just as we go through them, see if we can find those. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you think that's true. I, I think that for, for Bartlett, it's, it's definitely those, those insecurities that, that need for approval yeah. is is one hundred percent at the core of who he is, um, and I don't think he shakes it. 
No. Like, I don't think it's, and, and that's probably more interesting in a character is that somebody who doesn't necessarily like overcome it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You, you rarely get that pat lesson at the end where it's like, and anyway, that's how I beat egomania. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, aren't I, I great? Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah. I did it. And now I have no flaws. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm going to turn into pure light like, uh, Scarlett Johansson in that movie where drugs rupture in her gut. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> what? Uh, what? Do you know? Wait, there's a no, sir. It's a um, what movie? Who is it? No, what it's is, real. I how? How, you how did you dream this? No, she's a but drug. Is there a sound effect for this? And then there's a drug meal. Let me see. Hold on, one second. Yeah, give me a bed. Oh, oh no. he's is that dreaming. The birds in my head. Yeah, because this, this is the cricket. It's real. Oh, you guys As remember you it, right? Those are crickets. It's not a good those sound crickets. Effect. Those are bad. yeah. Those are not. Are you sure it's not somebody raising a bucket out of a well? <laughs> yeah, and it's just Andy's sweater. Yeah, I thought it was that movie, but it was just Andy's sweater oh over a bucket. Um, what would we say is uh, Toby Ziegler's? That movie is real. Um, I just want to say that for the record. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, what would we say is Toby Ziegler's uh, Shakespearean fatal flaw? His inflexibility. Yeah, it's yeah, almost like gets in the way. He's right? just yeah. too rigid. He, yeah. yeah, but he he has also one of my favorite episodes, uh, which is the uh, funeral for the veteran. Yes. Um, just a, just a real, a real great performance in that and a real oh, great yeah. character moment. Um, let's talk about, uh, we, well, we mention him. If he's, if, uh, if he's not the devil on the shoulder, he's definitely the pragmatist. Let's talk about the late John Spencer as the great Leo McGarry. Oh, so good. Whose flaw is addiction, obviously. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, a perfect Jesus. performance. What a performance. Yeah. I mean, like constantly just making like, the best choice. Yeah. Like I like and you know like the most likable, watchable, mm-hmm. pleasant acting choice. And the subtlest choices. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the tweaks of the face, like the smallest that guy's face, like the smallest mm-hmm. smirk is is a hundred words in that guy's face. It's amazing. Because he can say things uh without a hint of it being a joke mm-hmm. that are hopefully jokes. What was it? There was one of my favorites was um was uh <clears throat> Oh yeah, it was a. Uh, the Republicans aren't the enemy, or it was a. Uh, yeah, the Republicans aren't the enemy. The Republicans are the opposition. Congress is the enemy, and he says it completely straight faced, and it's wonderful. Yeah, um, it's it. He uh he also has. You, you know, you mentioned the alcoholism, but I think it is so. Uh, there's this. This is going to sound, this is dumb. I feel dumb even saying it. There's this Dar Williams song called The Mercy of the Fallen. Mm-hmm. And it's about, you know, the, the, the sort of empathy and kindness that people who have fallen really far are able to show. And I've always loved that about Leo where I, I think he is, his heart maybe extends farther than anybody else's and that like sense of loyalty. I think because Bartlett was able to see past those flaws. To, you, you know, and I mm-hmm. think that, that, that the loyalty to people who show him that, because I think on some level he doesn't think he deserves it mm-hmm. because of, right. because of some of the, the, the struggles he's had. Like, oh, I, I think, think that's th- very true. Yeah. 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 And I think you see that so well in his, uh, interactions with Josh when Josh is clearly suffering from PTSD mm-hmm. and he's the one who makes sure that he gets help and, you know, sets him up with the therapist and, he tells him the whole story about the friend who's in the hole. Yeah. 
and what the friend does and and then at the end as long as you got a job i as long as i got a job you got a, you got a job like it's just the best yeah it's just, yeah it's, it's, the it's best. one of the greatest moments i think in the series there, and that that storyline has such a great i think it has a great sort of um through line for uh for leo that i think is look man nobody's a hero you know what i mean or nobody's mm-hmm. perfect like his nobody's perfect vibe Extending out to all of the other characters in the form of empathy, I think is great. Yeah, there's certainly these implications that we're just trying, we're all trying to get to the end of the day mm-hmm. and hopefully have more W's than L's uh, on the card. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. that is a, that is a good day, I think is certainly his, where his character is coming from. Um, let's talk now. We mentioned him briefly. I'm going to put these two together. Let's talk about Josh and Sam. We should we I mean we could split them up. We could split them up, I guess. Yeah, I mean I I I like I think of them as a I think of them as a duo for at least four seasons of the show. Sure, but I think to to put them on the same level as one another and and of course everybody's free to disagree with me. I mean as great as Rob Lowe's performance is and as Brad Whitford is Bradley Whitford is like another show. level that is another level of of almost importance overall to the show. Yeah. Well, and it's also Bradley Whitford is yeah. so good on West Wing that he bought himself a permanent like whatever you're doing, Brad, I'm down for yeah. it and I'm there to watch yeah. yes. like whatever Forever. garbage you end up in. I'm there, I'm supporting and you. And also someone else's so, him saying someone else's words have made Bradley Whitford a uh a political voice that people listen to. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very true. I, that, and that's so true about Bradley Whitford because I believe he's in the sisterhood of the traveling pants. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> as like a deadbeat dad, maybe. Amazing. And like, I still was like, Hey, Bradley Whitford. He was a deadbeat dad in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, that's true. He's, he's the oh, villain right. in he's... Billy Madison. Yeah. <laughs> he's so he's so like his character that's another one i like i like when characters and this on west wing i think because of the break between the seasons the stuff that everybody accepts is good and then me who thinks it's all good mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i i think that a character like josh who continues to do things that i believe josh does mm-hmm. i don't know and i know part of that's the writing i know that's not all him but like i i like if we're just talking about the character I don't feel like Josh makes decisions at any point that feel wildly out of left field. I feel like this is the evolution of Josh when he leaves to, you know, run Santos's campaign and go like find his guy that he's going to take to the White House. That's consistent for me. I mean, every step he takes, it's really mm-hmm. that is the arc of that character. It makes sense. It's the choices he would make. I don't know. I I. I always like Josh as a character because his whole story feels very true to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He also gets a lot of the greatest lines on the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No question. Uh, yeah. If I, but if I were pairing him with somebody, I wouldn't pair him with Sam. I'd pair him with Donna. Donna. Yeah. Donna. His, like yeah. who is the other half. Of, oh, Donna is, is the engine that really makes him run. Yeah. yeah. And such a great. I mean, that is a, like I think there's a lot of growth in that character. And the performance is really good in Donna or in, in Donna. Yeah. I think it's, yes. I think it's huge growth in Donna. Absolutely. Yes. She is fan freaking tastic. She serves a really cool role early on, I think, of sort of an audience surrogate mm-hmm. for a lot of this stuff and not, not in a way really impressively. I think not necessarily, at least me, I, I didn't think, but a, an audience surrogate that doesn't make her seem dumb. 
but makes her seem like, well, yeah, why don't they do that? Why don't they do this very simple right. thing that seems very obvious to everybody? There's some kind of government waste. I forget, I forget the exact beat, but like some sort of waste that Donna gets gets hung up on or, or, or like little things about the government that she doesn't understand. But she, but like not like she's a dumb yokel that doesn't understand them. But like this is actually if you look at it is wild, like does not actually right. make sense. Like Donna Donatella Moss would be the one that uh, did a big campaign in real life against gerrymandering, I would think. Like, guys, this yeah, is stupid. That se- yeah, yeah, that feels right. Like no matter what side you're on, this is dumb. Yeah. Like this, this, this is and then eventually evolves into a real like political operative in mm-hmm. in her own right. And they, and they call I like that they they're very honest about in the beginning she doesn't know a lot about the process. She kind of stumbled into the job and so like the job she holds is very appropriate cuz she doesn't know the ropes yet. She's doing what she has the skills to do. As she grows out of that and it's clear she could be doing a lot more mm-hmm. and Josh's character is not Josh is not letting her they call attention to that and she leaves and grows beyond that. And I, I felt like that was all very brave mm-hmm. and I really liked that character arc because that felt true that he wanted her to stay, like stay my, my assistant, my buddy that I'm maybe a little into, but we won't talk about that for another season and like, just stay like this because there are all kinds of shortcomings that you make up for. And I don't want to talk about that. And she says no. And, and grows beyond it. And I, I think it's a very powerful moment yeah. actually as like a woman on the show. One of my favorite, this is, I think speaks to more of their relationship as people and not necessarily romantic, um, which I think is like more, I think their relationship as people is actually more moving to me than their ro- romantic relationship ends up. Being, yeah. The I, romantic I, I relationship feels like, Oh, come on television. It feels like they had one more in the, te- like the late season people mm-hmm. had like yeah. a couple. Oh, Sydney likes it. Uh, they're in, um, <laughs> Second second season, uh, Donna's talking about an ex that uh, stopped for a beer on the way to pick her up from the hospital after she got into a car accident. And uh, and jo- Josh says, if you were in the hospital, I wouldn't stop for a beer on my way to see you. And she says, if you were in the hospital, I wouldn't stop for a red light. You don't have to read it. Either. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. Oh. It's really good. Yeah. Really good. I love Donna and I love Josh. Early Donna would feel right at home in the current administration. <laughs> Early Donna is just, I work at the White House. Can you get rid of all my parking tickets? <laughs> like that's just what early Donna God, feels so like. Savage, to me. but true yeah. on, um, uh, on a certain level. I, I, uh, speaking of evolution, Ooh. a character that I think grows. Uh, and it's so interesting to watch his, the, his progress as Charlie Young. Yes. Yeah. Um, Dulé, Dulé mm-hmm. Hill, uh, who is basically the president's body man, seasons one through six, also providing, I think, that voice of the people sometimes, sort of a, yeah. a, you know, somebody who came from the outside of politics. That's a lot of characters on this. That's now three that we've mentioned that are the Winston Yeah, Zedmore. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think that Charlie especially is cool because I think he is able to, one, I think he's able to deflate people mm-hmm. uh, because he is he just answers to the president pretty much. I mean, he rolls up to other people, but like if the president wants him there, he will be there. I think that he's able to like say things to people that and also he's extremely pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> that, like yeah. other people wouldn't necessarily uh, uh, say to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he can kind of do that for the president, too. But I think that there's a lot of. Uh, Leo has some of this too, but I think Dulé probably has the most. Dulé, 
I think, I think Charlie, Charlie probably has the most is, is, uh, it is really interesting to walk people in one-on-one conversations, walk a line between talking to a person and talking to an office. And it's something oh, that yeah. West Wing does really, really well mm-hmm. is it's Toby actually has some of the best ones, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can feel sometimes it is like, you can taste it like, <laughs> oh, you are so close to the line of mm-hmm. like crossing over, even though you're talking to one and person. And he does it. He, eventually he yeah. does cross the lines. What is yes. the one? It's, it's when he's talking about his dad, him wanting his dad's approval, mm-hmm. right? Where he like completely. He says, your father hit you, didn't mm-hmm. he? Oh, that's Jesus. it. There's like, I, to my memory, it is a 37 minute long, long pause. Phil, <laughs> <laughs> there's two commercial breaks. <laughs> By the way, I would love to watch that episode of a show that's just a stare down for 37 <laughs> minutes. I'm <bored. laughs> uh, But, but, uh, yeah, Charlie is, uh, is fantastic. Yeah, that's another. Hal, you told them you would tell them about the pledge gifts. Do not be a liar. I won't. I'm going to be the person who tells the truth. Thank you so much for supporting us. Max Fun Drive is the time of year that this listener-supported network and listener-supported show asks for your help. But we do not let you leave empty-handed. Here's what happens when you set up your monthly recurring contribution. In addition to feeling like an absolute champion of life, at the $5 level, you get access to bonus content. Bonus Not content. just from our show. No. Bonus content from the entire Max Fun family. If you listen to other shows on Max Fun, awesome. You can get bonus content from them too. Over 100 hours. And our bonus content is a particularly special episode to the both of us because this is, uh, this is an episode that we did not record. We had two very special guests record this. That's right. This is our producer, Ken Plume, and one half of the Venture Brothers creative team, Doc Hammer, who has listened to every episode of our show going together through our back catalog and judging our judgments. Let that sink in. If you were angry about some of our decisions, you're going to feel vindicated. If you agree yeah. with some Well, you might. Yeah. You might. You're going to – whatever happens, you're either going to feel get vindicated or you might get madder. Either way, you're going to feel alive. And isn't that what's most important? Exactly. That's the joy of our show. We either make you jump uh, with agreement or tear your hair out with disagreement. And speaking of jumping, what happens when you jump up to that $10 a month level? You get oh, an enamel hell. pin designed by Megan Lynn Cott. You like that segue? I did love that oh, segue. smooth as um, butter. Every year we have an enamel pin for the Maximum Fun Drive. Yes. And this year is a beautiful pin uh, designed by Megan Lynn Cott. And this was actually the first year where they – you know, they said, Hey, what do you guys want to do for your pin? Usually they just say, hey, look at this beautiful pin that we've created. They said, what are you guys thinking for it? And of course we had to go with wrench fight, wrench fight, wrench That's fight, right. everybody. Use the the Philadelphia of- classic wrench fight. All Santas <laughs> everywhere. Beware. <laughs> People have asked for wrench fight gear. Now we have it available to you. If you were a $10 member last year and you got our world class decision maker pin, which was from last year, beautiful pin. And you want this pin, you're going to have to upgrade. So everybody who's at the $5 level or above from last year, they're all getting the bonus content. But for the pins and stuff, you have to go up a level. Uh, I hope you're able to do that because, oh, my goodness, do I love this pin so much. I love it, it is beautiful. so much. You're going to want this pin when you and see it. Speaking of going up a level, at the $20 a month level, you will receive a beautiful 18 by 24 inch, 550 piece maximum fun 
puzzle designed yes. by Jeffrey Tice. Uh, and this is exclusively for Max Fun monthly members. What do you do when you're, uh, when you're listening to a podcast? If you're not driving, I don't know, maybe, uh, chill at home and do a puzzle whose image is the actual view out the window from the Max Fun studios, which incidentally is one of the most beautiful views in Los Angeles. It is beautiful. Yeah. You're overlooking MacArthur Park, most of downtown LA and at sunset, which is uh, pictured here. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Uh, yeah. uh, the one thing that you will not see looking out the window, I hope, uh, is a rocket flying through the sky. In this case, it's the Max Fun rocket, so we're okay with it. Where would I see a rocket flying through the sky? Well, you'd see it flying through the sky at the $35 a month level on a glass mug. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. A glass coffee mug engraved with the Max Fun rocket logo? Say it ain't so, Hal. It is so. And if you're like me and distrust uh, uh, drink vessels that aren't clear because you're not sure what's in there, this glass mug is perfect for you. And maybe I have a problem that's, I hope, I hope none of you are like me about mugs. I hope you love all mugs equally. All mugs are beautiful. Uh, this one is even more special because it's got the etched on Maximum Fun Rocket logo. And if you've been a member years past, you may have a collection of all the drinking vessels that have been put out over the years as Maximum Fun Drive gifts with the Rocket logo. Why let this year pass you up? Get that mug, kid. Yeah. And the best way to do that, in fact, the only way to do that is to go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Mm -hmm. There you will see all of these gifts as well as gifts for higher levels that have some other very cool gifts. We're not going to talk about those right now. You can go online. Let's leave some mystery for Pete's sake, people. MaximumFun.org slash donate. You fill in all your credit card info, a little personal information, uh, nothing crazy. And then you'll be uh, on the team. And uh, welcome to the team. Yes. And the most important part when you are filling out your information on that website, MaximumFun.org slash donate, is the portion where they ask you what shows you listen to. That is not just an informal poll. If you do not check the box for We Got This with Mark and Hal, then we will not benefit directly from that contribution because how will the network know who is getting that money? Otherwise, it will go directly to the network, which I'm sure they appreciate, but – we would love your support as well. So very important. <laughs> yes, we would. Check, check that box. And to those of you who are already supporting the show as members of Maximum Fun, uh, thank you. Thank you oh so much goodness, from the you. bottom of our hearts. We couldn't do this show without you. And speaking of doing this show, wait, should we get back to the show? Wait, but we are going to. I just want to say one thing because I uh-huh. just want to make sure people know. Okay. That if you're at like the $20 level. Why are we getting real quiet? Because this is personal information. Okay. If you get to that $20 level. You will also get the gifts from the ten and five dollar levels. Oh snap! So those gifts they stack like a muffa. Enjoy yeah. the show. Stack them gifts. We have two more of the big guns. Sam Seaborn. Sam Seaborn. Who I'm not going to lie. It really bothered bothered me that in what was supposed to be a continuous thing from uh the scene where Lyman gets uh, shot that whole um assassination attempt gunfire uh scene that that season ended and then the next season we came back and it was supposed to be the same night and Rob Lowe had different hair <laughs> <laughs> different hair Rob Lowe come on you know, the human body reacts in very – you can back me up on this, Sid. The human body <laughs> reacts in very weird ways to stress, including spontaneous haircuts. Is that correct? Dr. Sid, is that true? See? That's what happens. Your hair instantly gets shorter. Medical doctor. Mark. I'm pretty sure 
uh, Sid, you've now, you've now, um, put yourself in a really terrible position where there's probably gonna be a lot of episodes in the future where Hal's like, yeah, yeah, huh, hang on. Yeah. Hey, Sid, what, Hal? It's like that one Scarlett Johansson movie where she gets scared and she gets a haircut. Immediately, it goes away. I don't know if you guys haven't seen that one either. Mulan? Uh huh. Scarlett Johansson was great oh, in that. No. Yeah, she was, she was great. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm gonna say. He leaves the show to do Doctor Vegas, <laughs> and in a is that what happens? You uni- can't in a fair universe. Uh, that would be the end of his career. Yeah, we it's don't hot. live in a fair universe where you make, can make the most brain dead decisions, and you still get to do um, Parks and Rec. Yeah, uh, he got to play. He, he was in Californication for a little bit. Parks and Rec. He was uh, on the grinder. Like, how do you still get to do yeah. Parks and Rec and the grinder after you leave West Wing to be a Doctor Vegas? Also, I love that that is the that is the youthful indiscretion of Rob Lowe that we are taking the most umbrage with. <laughs> right of all the mistakes he's made, <laughs> leaving West Wing to do Doctor Vegas is the absolute worst. It's really the one that bothers me the most. <laughs> then he played another Doctor Vegas in the uh, the movie about Liberace. Wait, what? Oh yeah, yeah. He was the he was uh that was Vegas Doctor. Yeah, oh right. Was, my, he was the plastic surgeon who makes like uh turns Matt Damon into a cat or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sam, I think actually has a decent arc where, but it is it is I think sort of truncated yeah. where yes. you do see him. I th- I would say would you say become less idealistic? Is that fair, Sid? Uh, yeah, and I think, I think you, I mean, like, they make it very clear when there's the whole screw up with the, um, negative ad that he, le- like, that he finds the tape and then he gives it to the opposition when Bartlett's running for re-election. Mm-hmm. Remember mm-hmm. that whole plot line? And he falls right into the yeah, trap of yeah, the yeah. other side. Yeah. And so they leak the ad and, and it's all his fault. I think he at least learns the lesson that, like, everybody's not your buddy. Yeah. You know, yeah, he comes in pretty all naive. The Republicans on West Wing are nice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not that nice. Shout out, yeah. shout out. One that, that I think we forgot that deserves a mention is uh, John Goodman when he comes in as the acting president. Very briefly. Oh yeah, mm. I just love John Goodman, and I think he does sort really, really well. Yeah. Um, yes, he he is great. He is. Are great. we ready to talk about what I think we can all unilaterally? I'm agree pretty certain is the best character on. The I'm show. pretty certain this character has to win. <laughs> CJ Craig. Winner of how many White Emmys House. for this character? Press secretary and the White House mm-hmm. Chief of Staff in season six and seven. Uh, CJ Craig is, uh, as you said, played by Allison Janney. She was doing a lot of lame Hollywood, uh, PR before she got picked up by the administration. Mm-hmm. And she, she does more. I think CJ carries more mm-hmm. than anybody on the show. Mm-hmm. There's no one who is carrying more weight of an obligate, her obligation to the press and also her obligation to the president. Um, and there is nobody I think who is constantly holding so much on her shoulders as CJ Craig. And I mm-hmm. don't think there's any character who gets close to holding that weight and balancing that weight and shifting that weight and, um, uh, processing that weight more compellingly than, than CJ. Does. Yeah. I, I think she's um, the heart of the show, which I don't think is a coincidence then that she knows Toby from previously mm-hmm. that that is mm-hmm. who as a, that 
you know, the moral center of the show is the one that pulls her in to this world. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't, I can't, I have nothing bad to say about CJ Craig. She is fun. She's cool. Like she's cool with the press. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, I can't, I know we keep, I can't just keep making it about what's actually happening. But man, if we had a press secretary who, like you look at CJ Craig and you go, Oh, she knows all of these White House press pools kids' names. If we had a pre- Mark oh, God. with all due respect, if we had a press secretary like CJ Craig in the current administration, oh, it'd, be, it'd be awful. We would have a very frenzied woman who would come out every morning and say, I don't know, folks, it's all doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how to help. Oh. Bye. <laughs> well, no questions. Thank you. And maybe it's no, it's, it's no coincidence that we feel so drawn to her because it's what we, she is the voice piece of, she is the one who is speaking for the White House yeah. to us as the public. And we want to believe that that is what that person would be like, mm-hmm. that they would be that concerned right. with telling us the truth. But sometimes they there's a truth they can't tell yet because there's a danger there's a reason they're trying to do the right thing but also they want to tell the truth at all mm-hmm. times and that's what you want that person to be i would say that's not necessarily what that person always is but that's what you would right. want them to be what's the great leo thing when when he's laid up and he's looking for a replacement for chief of staff uh he said that you can send over a list of names and then leo says one name Mm-hmm. And see, and CJ takes over his job after he is that after when he leaves for the is, is that after the heart attack or is that after the sand when he leaves for the Sandoz campaign? No, he he right. passed away. John Spencer yeah. passed away during production of the show. Right? It's confusing, right? Because he he, he had, had a, a heart, he had a heart attack in, in the, the in the reality of the show, mm-hmm. and then was no longer chief of staff. Right, and then started working as vice presidential candidate on the Santos campaign after that. And then had an actual John Spencer had an actual heart attack in real life. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I, I for me, I, I just don't think all the other characters are great. And and, you know, on a different day. It's tough between her and Josh, right, because Josh is actually so is really fantastic. And on a different day, I could make a really compelling. Right. Like I could definitely be swayed by a Josh argument it feels like to me like cj is the thing about cj is that in a world of characters and i include josh in this who are likely the characters not the actors uh who are likely in multiple situations throughout their daily lives insufferable um Mm -hmm. cj is the person that you're like no you are a real human i joked Mm -hmm. about the jackal earlier she's got Mm -hmm. this bit that she does at parties she's she she has this uh relationship with this very complicated relationship with um with Timothy Busfield's character mm-hmm. um she's she feels like the most human like like if I- she is also short i think on uh, to a large extent the heroics mm-hmm. that a lot of the rest of the cast sort of go through to they are they're they're almost olympian mm-hmm. you know in a sense like the 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 sams and joshes and leos of this world seem like unattainably brilliant and perfect and always doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I think CJ's a lot easier. CJ seems to be the only one who's attempting to balance a personal life <laughs> right. with actually working, yeah. you know what I mean? And struggling with it. Um, Do you think it's also fair to say that of all of these main characters, she's the one who, 
I don't want to say grows into her job the most, but like, like she comes in basically from zero, mm-hmm. even if she worked in Hollywood PR and then learns to become like amazing at her. Like she, she learns and grows as a professional as well as a person. You get to see yeah. all of it happen. You know, again, and you also get to see other characters attempt her job and fail miserably at it. Right. That she has mm-hmm. a special skill set that mm-hmm. she like realized. It's not like she gains the skills that she learns how to use the tools at her disposal to become great at her job and, and even better at it. Is mm-hmm. that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's pretty true. I think you see in her an openness. I can think of multiple times where she hears new information from experts, from the public. I always think of her in that, in the big wheel of cheese episode when she's looking at the map and she learns about the problems with the Mercator projection. Right. I love that. Yeah. Did she be the person that would get into that? And she does. And she learns Mm -hmm. like she's so willing to learn and grow and take in new information in ways that sometimes the other characters are a little bit closed down to because they kind of feel they're already experts in their fields. I think, I think that's part of why she blossoms into her job so well is because she takes on new information more than other characters yeah yeah i also think this character is like there are there are some we and we've listed a lot of them there are some epic great actors in this show Mm. uh some world-class actors that came in and did guest runs some some world-class actors that um you know that just got a lot of fun stuff to do that everybody was great on the show but the character C.J. Craig, I think, is so beautifully written that now Allison Janney is considered one of the great living American actors because of seven seasons in one of the best written characters on television. I'll tell you what's so wild mm-hmm. about that, Mark, mm-hmm. though, is I still have, though, when Allison Janney wins something mm-hmm. or achieves something. I still have a part of me that's like, all right, you did it. Like, I still feel that connection. Like you root for, you're still rooting for her. Exactly. Like I'm still, I'm still rooting for her because of the time with CJ Craig. I think still feeling like, and I mean, there's no reason to root against her, obviously. Sure. sure. (laughs) It it still feels like a friend who is winning something or Mm -hmm. achieving something, which is wild. Considering she was on a major network TV primetime show and is a best actress Oscar winner. I was gonna right. say she's got like Oscar. No. Yeah. Her best supporting yeah. actress. Was supporting? Yes. In for, Itanya. Um, Itanya, yeah. Itanya. Such a great performance. So, so like. I, it's never been this it, easy. I think it's a consensus. I think it is too. All we, right. I think Next we all steps. sort of quietly. Okay, sports night. Moving okay, on. Okay. Sports night. <laughs> Start back Very in the time. I, I think we all saved her for last, <laughs> knowing what was going to we happen. We were, right? Yeah. I got the sense that we were skipping around. We were just around skipping CJ. around CJ so that we could talk about CJ last. Yeah. I feel like Sid, you would pick Josh. I thought for sure you would go with Josh. Uh, wait, I named our cat CJ. That's true. We did name the cat CJ. Yes. And wait, our, was it your second cat? Because that could easily uh, have been Cat Junior. Yeah. That, <laughs> our dog. Uh, we named the dog Indiana. <laughs> oh my god. Well, we actually we have another cat named Amelia, yeah, which actually used to be named Toby until we found out she wasn't a boy. <laughs> oh my god. We were just going to have a whole Bartlett administration <laughs> menagerie. You know what? I had a dog named Maxwell because uh, we thought that Maxwell was a boy when we first got her. But she stayed Maxwell. And now I think it's a lovely name for a girl dog. In <laughs> retrospect, I regret not naming her Tabby Bartlett. <laughs> Tabby Bartlett. I, I want. Just I really <laughs> wish for you to have 
a large collection of cats that not only are named after the staff members of the West Wing, but that you train to walk in pairs down the hallway and meow at each other. <laughs> very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. <laughs> Honestly, y'all, at the, at the pace we're turning through fish, we, we would be the Ed and Larry's at this point. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh uh, well, it sounds like this is uh, this one's settled, Hal, if you it. will. Yeah, can I have a music bed for this, Justin? Sure, something patriotic. I always like this one. Uh, people of the world, we uh, we made a decision here. We got together, uh, Justin, Sydney, Macro. I don't know if you know from podcasting, uh, good folks. Got a book out, Sawbones. Uh, anyway, we made a decision. We we dug in to those West Wing characters. Seven seasons of brilliance. Really suggest you check that out. Westwing.com, probably the website for that. Uh, <laughs> what we came up with was Alice and Janney's CJ Craig. Claudia Jean Craig is the White House press secretary for six seasons and becomes the chief of staff. Great character. Great uh, evolution of character. And one of the all-time best performances captured across any media. Suggest you check that out over at Westwing.com forward slash CJ Craig. <laughs> That's the best West Wing character, folks. <laughs> Can I tell you the thing that was the most jarring about that? What's that? That, uh, that the McElroys did not experience. I experienced weird unbroken eye contact through that entire thing. Entire Hard thing. Pass. It was Hard jarring. Pass. Stare. Get lost in my eyes. Get lost in my eyes right now. I'm going to turn you into my second. Stop looking at me when you do you that voice. Cockroaches for sustenance. Uh, Ask an answer. Sydney, this is asked and answered. Thank you so much for coming back again. Well, it was lovely to have you back on the show. Oh my gosh! Thank uh, you. I mean, you're you you're <laughs> you're both always busy all the time uh, doing shows. You have multiple podcasts between the two of you. You have a book out. Please tell everybody uh, where you want them to go. Follow, listen, read. Uh, throw it all out there. You can go to uh, McElroy.family and click on Sawbones, and you'll see all the stuff. There or sawboneshow.com or just go to iTunes and search for sawbones. It's our medical history podcast. And then Sydney does a brilliant show with her sisters called Still Buffering about comparing teen life now and back in the day. Zennials versus and now millennials. Now list on my podcast, Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> Sydney, now list on my yeah. podcast, Sydney. Sydney, Sydney. You do too many. I, I do can't. Too many. We also have a there. book. It's on Amazon yes. and in bookstores. It's called Sawbones. Uh, I can't remember the book subtitle. What's the book subtitle? It's just the sawbones. You wrote this book and you don't know the subtitle. Yeah, of this but book? marketing picks like the the title of it. It's the sawbones. It's not book. Book. I the know, sawbones book. The horrifying, that. hilarious road to modern medicine. It's based on our podcast. There it is. It's a there good book. Go. I like. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's a great podcast and a great book. And I've seen it in bookstores and sent you pictures of it because I was so excited uh, to see the Yay. book. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Go to McElroy.family. Uh, for for all for all of your McElroy needs, jeez, uh, this, this is so much fun. I'm sad it's over. I know. That's well, so and Mackle March is almost over. It is Mackle Month. Mackle Month. Mackle Month. Not Mackle March. <laughs> this is Mackle Month. Sorry, you had to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there you go. This topic is settled. Thank you for bringing us the topic too. Yeah, you, like had one loaded in the chamber. We've had some variation of this discussion probably a hundred times yes. since we got there. Married, you go. So. <laughs> well, we finally have it now sealed in the vaults for all time. It is official. Yeah, uh, Sid, don't come back later and be like, "No, it's Josh." 
This is sealed. No, I'm, I'm happy good. with this. I'm Perfect. good. I'm good. I'm happy. Well, then it's sealed for all time. This is settled, but there are other topics out there we want to hear from you. So email us. We got this podcast at gmail.com. Go to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Talk West Wing there. We want to hear it. Uh, and you can also find us on Twitter at we got this tweets or check out the maximum fun subreddit. Who knows? A flame war could be walking down a hall, taking folders from people right now. Thank you to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus for this James A. Michener sized uh, packet <laughs> of research. This is amazing. We should post this one if she's cool. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll post it. Uh, QA engineer, Jed Alba, graphic designer, Eric Kelvin. And thank you, of course, to you, our listeners, for giving us a chance to chat with the McElroys about a TV show that we all love very much, nearly as much as we love all of you. Thanks for listening. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.